We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. All right. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Uh, this is... This is one of those messages tonight that you know where you want to go. I just hope we get there. <laughs> I'll just be honest. Um, I really believe um, tonight we're gonna, we will encounter, we'll encounter the Lord. Um, I'm just praying He'll help me articulate that. But the good thing is, like what... Um, I should know your name. You said it a number of times. I'm Nicole. Um, <laughs> oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Nicole. No, move on. <laughs> um, like what she said in Isaiah 55 about his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher than ours. Um, and we're going to get past our thoughts. <laughs> Who knows that our thoughts get in the way? Who's ever, you don't have to put up your hand, but who's ever been in worship and you've been praying, thank you, Jesus, I love you, Lord, I need to pay the electric bill, what's on Netflix tonight, what am I having for dinner, I worship you, almighty KFC, I mean, no one, no one has been like that, have you, no one, we are all holy, you are all holy. Um, here's, here's the thing is, is what I believe the Lord wants to talk, us to talk to us tonight about is something we can actually apply into our world, into our life that will free us from the, the, the I guess, the bondage or the, 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 the blank of I worship the power bill or Netflix or whatever. Uh, and, you know, and, and that, that, that whole thing happens. It frust- I don't know about you, but it frustrates me because I'm, I'm, tr- like, I'm, I'm at least trying to be holy, at least even trying to look holy. <laughs> You're all holy. And so I've just been listening to a few podcasts and reading the Bible, and, and we've got something tonight which I think when, when it comes out, it's going to minister in a, in a great way. Thank you for the group text right then. <laughs> Turn off. All right. I had a. Should be paying attention to what I'm saying. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I just had a group text come up. Just anyway. Um, Wow. All right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the night. I thank you, Lord, that um, you are so, so good to us. Um, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd help me tonight to articulate this. I know, Lord, you want to move. I know, Lord, that you want to re- reveal yourself, your spirit to us in a, in a fresh, new uh, encounter. And, Lord, I thank you for that. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would use me to just to, um, articulate this. And then, Lord, would you come and put weight behind it? Lord, would you bring what you want to do tonight in Jesus' name? Amen. And if you grab your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2. 
Genesis chapter 2, in the beginning is Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 2 is a little bit further on than Genesis chapter 1. That was just trying to be helpful. All right. Um, then the Lord God, or oh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. That is the, uh, the, that is the encounter of, 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 the, of the breath of God, the Spirit of God being breathed into humanity. That, 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 is the, that is the first initial that I, I read in my Bible. That is the first moment that the breath of God, the Spirit of God is breathed in. Life is being breathed into mankind. That's the, that is the moment. So the first thing, the first moment that, that, that God, the first encounter was that he, he breathed the breath of God, that he breathed the breath of life into mankind. And that's the way that God started. That's the way he wanted to keep going. That's the way that life was, that, 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 that communication, that relationship was supposed to keep going. All right, then we get to Genesis chapter 3, which is a little bit further after Genesis chapter 2. And it says this, the serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals in the Lord God that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say to you, you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may, may eat fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. That is an aggressive, that is a confident statement. Right? We pay Eve out too quickly. We do. We give her a hard time too quickly. But that is a confident, that is a, that is a statement. She's going, of course we can eat the fruit, but we can't eat the tree, the fruit, the tree, the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. If we do so, we will surely die. That's a confident, that's a very precise statement. There's not like, oh, well, um, unsure. Uh, unsure, no, that's a, that's a pretty decisive statement. Um, the, de the devil, the serpent, comes back and says, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So straight away, a confident statement, a confident uh, gesture from Eve gets, gets um, rebutted by the devil. How many times have you ever made a confident statement? And the devil will come and make a rebuttal against it. Oh, no, no, you won't, you sh you won't die. You, surely you won't. No, that's not true. And, and suddenly... Our, our, our soul starts having this, this argument, this wrestle. The woman was convinced, verse 6. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit. It was never going to... See, the devil, the devil told her it'd give her wisdom. The devil sowed these seeds. The devil puts these things in, in our faces so that he it tricks us into believing things that are untrue, that are not what God says. 
So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, um, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Are we going to open this up? Let me just give you some words of advice, Kale. Never, ever <laughs> use that phrase in the rest of your life. <laughs> um, see, in, in this moment, we've, we've, I, I read that first scripture out of Genesis chapter 2 because we needed to establish that the, the, the relationship that God wanted to establish with us there was spirit. God's not walking around in a bodily form with Adam and Eve in the, in the Garden of Eden. He's a, God, God is, is uh, omnipresent. He's a spirit. And the spirit of God is, is, is in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They are in human form, but their communication is by spirit. Do we get that tonight? Is that, that, that's, that's okay. So but suddenly we start seeing other forms of, 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 of our being starting to be released here. Um, surely not, the woman says. When, when the devil talks to her about you'll receive this, that. No, suddenly not her spirit's not starting to talk, her soul is starting to talk here. And so we've so here's the spirit and then soul. Um, and then and he added even um, what's his name? Adam. There's only two people to choose from tonight. Will come on, sort it out. And then then there's Adam. Adam what Adam's now gets a bit of a, a bit bit up, you know, um, what do you call it? Defensive. It was the woman you gave me. And he starts operating out of his soul. He's not operating out of his spirit now. He's operating out of his soul now because he knows that his soul has now been uh, exposed. We even read that it, he, they operate out of their body as well because they found out they were naked. Is anyone? Yeah, anyway. Just move on. They knew they were naked. Why? So Because they sewed fig leaves together to make the first fashion brand in Eden. And... Uh, I don't know what it would have been called, but uh, anyway. And then so they, they, they were created. They made things like to cover up their nakedness, to cover up their, the, the body. And so we've got to understand here that the original way that God want us, wants to communicate with us is, first of all, with spirit. And second of all, it's then from our soul. And then thirdly, it's through, through our, our, our body, our, our form, it's our praise. 
And tonight I wanted to establish that because what we now need to do now is, is reestablish the structure of relationship. How God has opened up a way. See, it was before the fall, it was in spirit. Spirit communication after the fall, then then it was then it opened up the soul communication and opened up the flesh, the body communication. Now, as Christians, as people of the world that we live in now, we operate straight from flesh communication. Then we move into our soul area of our life, and then we move into the spirit area of our life. That's, that's sort of how we operate when it comes to communicating with God. Maybe not for all of us, but just generally, we got to get through. First of all, we, we go to our body. We like, Lord, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. Help me, help me, help me. Anyone? Right? We're like, Lord, I need you. Lord, I cry out to you. We write a psalm like David. Um, and and we, then, then we get into a place where we've got to actually work on our soul. And we're in worship and we're working on our soul and the bill payment comes in, Netflix comes in, KFC comes in. I'm like, oh Lord, I worship you. And, but the reality is that God wants us to move past that and into a place of spirit. Into a place of spirit. And so tonight, I just want to unpack just things real quickly and then I've asked the band to come back up and we just actually... Um, not, not there's a formula, but we're just going to go through these stages. And we're just going to see what God does. Um, um, I don't know. Oh, hey, work. There we go. Uh, uh, keep reading down in Genesis chapter 2. Um, sorry, Genesis chapter 3. And verse 20, it says, then, then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who lived. And the Lord God made clothing for the animal skins, from, from animal skins for Adam and his wife. That was the first time blood was shed for sin. It was the first animal sacrifice. It was the first time so that, the, that God established straight away what needs the only thing that covers sin is blood, and he sacrificed an animal, and he took the the fur from the animal, and the, and he put it on Adam and Eve. That was the first time a life was lost to cover something, and we read all the way through the Old Testament that that the the atonement for sin is is a blood offering, right? Hopefully we understand that. Um, and it goes on. This is interesting. Then the Lord God looked. The human, then the, then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reached out and takes fruit from the tree of life and eat it? They will live forever. So the Lord banished them from the Garden of Eden and sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been, had been made. Verse 24. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden and placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Yeah, I've got to understand just a little bit here, and we don't have heaps of time to open it up, but he, he set, set the cherubim on the east of the garden. So there's a direction 
that people had to go to get through to the presence of God. All right, just have that in your back pocket. Right, so, so we've got this journey now where, where God's created us, God's, God's breathed the breath of life into us, and that's the way that he wanted to commune with us. And, and then, then sin entered the world, and, and we all fell because we've all inherited sin, but also we could probably say we've all done things wrong, right? So yes, if you haven't put your hand up, you just did something wrong because you lied, right? So now you've done something wrong. So we're all in the same boat. We all need Jesus. But now, now we're on this journey going, going west, going back to the Lord. And did you know that when the temple of God was uh, um, built and that they always situated it in the direction of, of so the cherubim was in the east and, the, and then so then the temple of the Lord was in the west and so that they were always traveling, so facing that way. So they're always traveling towards the direction of Eden. So whenever they went into the temple of the Lord or went into the tabernacle, it was set up so they were going towards the direction of where God had banished them from. And there's always a journey going through. And if you see that the tabernacle, how the tabernacle was set up, if you don't know what the tabernacle is, it's the, short, it's the small tent that Moses had instruction from the Lord for about how the presence of God would be in there with the Ark of the Covenant. This is when they were journeying through uh, the, the desert after they crossed the Red Sea. You can read that in your Bibles later on. And so they've got the tabernacle, and there was the outside of the tabernacle, there was the inside of the tabernacle, and then there was the, 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 like the place called the Holy of Holies. And then, then Solomon replicated it after his dad, David, asked him to buy, a, not to buy, to build a, a temple. And so again, they had the, the, uh, the outer, outer court, then they had the outer court, then they had the inner court, then they had the Holy of Holies. Outer court, inner court, Holy of Holies. And when we've got the outer court, and then we've got the inner court, and we've got the holy of holies, what, do we, what happens in the outer court, the, what happens in the outer court is we bring our offerings. The, the, the altar were out, was out there in the outer court, and you'd bring the offering to the priest, and they would take that, and they would sacrifice it, and then you'd go along a little bit further, and there was 12 basins that you would do some ceremonial cleansing, which was great because, you know, rather... But, you know, dirty, whatever, uh, covered in stuff. And, and you go and do some ceremonial washing and all that sort of stuff. What are we doing in the outer court? We're working on our body. And then, then we move into the inner court here. In the, and in the inner court, that's the, in the inner court where you're, you, you, you come, go, come into his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. As Psalm 100 says this. And so we're in the outer court where we're doing all this thanksgiving stuff. It's, it's thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. It's the, it's the blessings of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then because then of, of all the things that he's done for us, but then we go into the next court, which has come into his courts with praise. And I don't know about you, but praise is not praise you, Lord, for me. <laughs> praise is praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you for everything that you've done. Praise you, God, that you're in my life. Praise you that I can run to you. Thank you, Lord, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but you've made me this way. Thank you, Jesus. And we're in this inner court, and we're starting to deal with what? We're starting to deal with our soul. Can we stay in the inner court, and we're like, praise you, because praise is outward looking. And we're in worship, if we can... 
lead ourselves in like, Lord, we deal with, thank you, God, for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for the paying the power bill. Thank you for Netflix. Thank you for the food on the table. Thank you, God, for all that. And we, we do all that stuff on the outer court. And then we go into the inner court of the temple, and it's really where we start working on our soul. Lord, uh, Lord, we thank you for that, but now I'm praising you, Lord. See, sometimes we, we're in the inner court and we find it awkward because you've actually got to prophesy some of your praise. And we have to say some things about ourselves that God, how God's created us. And, and, and we can't get past the, the inner court because sometimes we can't say the things about ourselves that we need to say about ourselves. And we've got to challenge our mindset and we've got to challenge our, our soul thinking. And like, Lord, I praise you. I praise you, Lord, that I can stand here tonight righteous because of what you've done on the cross. I thank you, Lord, tonight that I'm a free person. And I praise you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing in my life. I praise you, Lord, that I'm going to get there. I praise you, Lord, that I, I can see through this. I praise you, Lord, that you're gonna give me the wisdom to break through. I praise you, God, that I can rely on you. I praise you, Lord, that I have hope. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, even though I don't feel like it. And, and we praise and we praise. And, and, if, and if stuff keeps coming in, Take a step back to the outer court and just start thanking God. Thank you, Lord, that you've de dealt with this. Thank you, Lord, that I'm now free. Because in the outer court is where the, where the sacrifice comes. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So in the outer court, we're here and condemnation's coming against us. You're this, you're that, you're not good enough. No, 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 Lord, I'm gonna stay in the outer court and I'm just gonna thank my way through it. I'm gonna thank my way through it. Thank you, God, for my breakthrough. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you, Lord, that I'm gonna be able to do this. Thank you, Lord, that I... I can, I can forgive this person. Thank you, Lord, that I, I can break through on this addiction. Thank you, Lord, that you've done this. Thank you, Lord, that your blood covers everything. Thank you, Lord. And now you rest and you move in into that place where your soul can be free and your soul can worship. And you can, and you can praise God. See, that's why it says enter into his through his gates with thanksgiving. Because when we're thankful for stuff, God can move in our spirit and in our, in our, in our, in our, in our soul, in our body. And then we move into, into the inner courtyard where we work on our soul and we can actually just go, man, thank you. Thank you. Praise you. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with Praise. I wonder how many of you have gone, yeah, thank you, Lord, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm made in your image. I'm a child, I'm a daughter of God. 
as Kiwis, I think it's one of the hardest things that we've got to get over is that, is that oh, you know, nah, it's, it's all right, no worries. We've got to get into a place where, no, got to keep declaring and and because and, true praise praises the things that God's made. And so we can now then boldly enter into the place, into the place, into God's holy presence. Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Hebrews 4, 16. So let us again come boldly to the throne room of grace, uh, of, God, of our gracious God, near where we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. So is this, there's this, again, there's this outer court, inner court. There's the dealing with the sacrifices and knowing that we can thank God and we deal with our body, bodily flesh things. We go into the inner court where we deal with the soul and, we, and then, then now we can actually move into the holy of holies. And can you see what God's doing here is originally we could have a spirit relationship. When God breathed the Spirit of God into Adam, there was a spirit relationship. And, and it was pure and it was beautiful. But then when sin entered the world, we started moving away from that and we started moving into our soul, a soul relationship into our flesh relationship. But now God's created a way where we can go from our flesh relationship to our soul relationship. Now into the holy of holies and the presence of God. But how do we do that? Which is a good question. Because it's something I've been thinking about often. Because I'm like, man, what do you do? You just have to speak in tongues louder. <laughs> right? You gotta, all right, we're going and you start speaking in your heavenly language louder and, and if that's not working, you start jumping up and down a little bit and doing, doing a dance like Jason or something like that. And, and if that doesn't work, well, I don't know what you do. But we, and, and we try all these things. Or, or, we, or we put on worship and we stand there and worship you, Lord. I worship you, I worship. And these are all coming out of genuine, genuine hearts after God. I want to read. Um, oh, yeah, I'll read this one. Uh, Luke chapter 11. The one, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day this, uh, the food that we need. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Um, and then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went on to a friend's house at night, midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, 
Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep on knocking long enough, he will get up and give you a slap in the face. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so, tell, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone uh, who knocks the door will be open. It goes on, fathers, if their children ask for something, would you give them a scorpion and all that sort of stuff? Anyway, um, I want to keep going quickly, but we've got to understand this part as well is because because who knows that? Who's asked for something before? I've asked for many things. I asked for it. Didn't get it. I'm like, come on, God, I'm praying for it. Come on, Lord. Praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Didn't get it. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm just going to do a little bit of prayer and fasting and just going to align my soul. Get my soul and soul get in line. And Lord, I'm just praying and fasting and praying and fasting. Lord, come on. Got to see this. We've got to see this. Got to see this. Now, this is all genuine. This is all genuine stuff. Lord, we've got to see this. Got to see this. Got to see this. Got to see this. Um, and no disrespect here. But where did the knock go? See, if... if if we keep on knocking, if we keep on knocking and we keep on knocking, see, the problem with our generations or the world that we live in right now is there's too many fast food joints. What I mean by that is you don't even have to get out of your car to go and get food. And we take that mindset into the church. And if it's not easy come, we're not going to, we lose our knock. We lose that, <laughs> and we give up, and we give up because, oh, I'm tired of asking for that now. I've had enough of this now. Can't be bothered anymore. That's, that's your soul. But what if we just said, Lord, I'm going to align my spirit with your spirit. Lord, when origin, originally, Holy Spirit, I'm going to keep knocking. Just keep knocking and keep knocking. Why, why, why do we have illustrations about the woman with the issue of blood? 12 years. We have testimony. I've heard testimonies of people praying for people for 40 years. Things like that. It's just knocking. But we lose our knock because our soul stops us. We get distracted. We get disappointed. We get disillusioned. We don't align ourselves and keep holding on to what the Word of God says. Now, please hear me. I'm, please, no disrespect for things that you've prayed for and, and, and things haven't happened. I can't answer those questions. But what I can say is going, going forward, come on. Could we, could we go from just thank you, Lord, to praise you, God, but then getting into a place where we hear the Spirit of God.
the Spirit of God, because when we knock, uh, we will receive. We can boldly come in to the presence of God. If the worship team can jump up, that will help um, keep this thing rolling. Um, in, um, in First Kings, I want to share an example of, 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 a, of, a, of, a, of a man truly um, living by the Spirit of God, but, but then, then, then his soul gets affected. All right? So in First Kings, Kings chapter 19, we have Elijah here. And so Elijah has just called down fire on the 450 prophets of Baal. This is a pretty cool encounter. If you've never read it, you need to read it. It's awesome. It's quite humorous at some parts. Um, but it's, it's just great how he just calls down fire. He's drenched the sacrifice and all that. So anyway, God's done an amazing miracle in the time, an amazing miracle. And, and it says this, when Ahab got home, this was the king at the time, he told Jezebel um, everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent him this message to Elijah. May the, may the, God, may the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed them. So a statement like that has just sown intimidation into his soul. And so Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Bathsheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that, that he might die. Talk about going from an amazing victory to a place of sadness. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around. That's like one of my favorite verses in the Bible, by the way. Get up and eat. <laughs> he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on a hot stone and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, where he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, He wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. 
And a voice said, what are you doing here? I want to explain this just a second. So the Lord's speaking to Elijah and he says, go outside and stand on the mountain. And then a wind comes and an earthquake comes. But it clearly says that the Lord was not in those things. See, they're all natural things. They're all things that could terrify us. They're all things that could shake us. They're all things that could alter us. And so the Lord's dealing with some soul stuff here, dealing with, hey, what are you doing? Don't worry about the wind and the rain. Hey, they know my name. Right? That's what Jesus said to the disciples. And the Lord's here saying to Elijah, and then, and then it says here, and after the fire there came a sound of a gentle whisper. And it doesn't say the Lord wasn't in it. The Lord was in it because it was the voice of God. He says, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. See, Elijah reconnected his spirit. And he heard the small, still voice of God. See, I've always wondered when it came to Joshua and Jericho, I've always wondered, well, that's, I mean, Lord, I know, you, I know you're awesome, but that's a pretty whacked army strategy to go and walk around a town seven days and on the seventh day walk around it uh, seven times but you're not allowed to say anything see when it comes to entering into the presence of God it's not about yahooing it's not about jumping up and down it's not about praising It's about being still and knowing that He is God. The things that we do on the journey along the way definitely, definitely set us up to then be still and know that He is God. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And we come into his courts with praise. But when you go into the holy of holies, it's be still and hear the sweet, small voice of the Spirit of God. And so, in the time that we have left tonight, I'll help us, but our team's going to help. We're going to start off in the, we're going to, actually, everyone jump, jump to your feet. Jump. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.